Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rodenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Now, today we are continuing our timeline journey with a mini-story from the Demigod Files. Percy Jackson and the Bronze Dragon. As always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got characters, relationships, story and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. When Capture the Flag takes a turn with ants that'll put you off going on picnics, our flirting demigods band together to save a mechanic with a bronze dragon that really needs to learn who's on whose side. I've just realised halfway through that I've spilt water all over myself and I've just noticed it so that's embarrassing to notice halfway through recording but it's happened now so let's just move ahead um I would like to briefly note that you guys may be able to hear Zumba music in the background as um I'm having to film three episodes but record three um Percy Jackson episodes this week because I have some writing deadlines and um I have no choice but to currently do it whilst my mum is doing her Zumba. So <laughs> if you can hear music, um, enjoy, question <laughs> mark. Um, but anyway, yeah, so hopefully it won't be too distracting as I dive in because this is a really interesting, actually, short story. Um, and I really rather enjoyed it. So I want to dive in first with characters, particularly starting with Beckendorf, or as I'm going to call him, Charlie, because I actually like the name Charlie and I I like that Selena calls him Charlie. Um I I love that we're getting more of Charlie in this. Like you you guys will kind of see and understand a little bit when we get into the last Olympian, but um Charlie oh, Charlie just have a Charlie just has a place in my heart and I just absolutely love him I think he's lovely um and I like that we get a bit more of his character in this short story like this is all about Charlie in a sense um and we're just kind of getting a different side of him and learning more about him so like the fact that he's a little bit reckless but he's passionate about things and he is a he is a bit of a dummy, so that's why him and Percy seem to get on quite well when it comes to girls in particular is when the dummy aspect really comes in and I love it. I also love that he also seems to be like a big Percabeth shipper because um, he's the one who tells Percy that he should ask Annabeth to the 4th of July fireworks um, and then fails dramatically at speech when Selena says hello. Um, and I just love it because that's basically me. I feel like Charlie's interaction with with girls is pretty much me. I I can offer uh, offer I can often offer um, advice in terms of like relationships and stuff. But am I in a relationship? <laughs> oh no, because I don't know how to talk to 
girls myself. Um, probably why I've been single for four, four years? I think four years, around that. Um, but let's not get into my sad life, let's get into the lovely life of Charlie. Um, the only thing that I do think, and just frustrate me a little bit with this story, is that we, I wish we'd gotten to know him a little bit more in this story before he gets kidnapped and after he's been kidnapped. Just kind of like, there's more Charlie, is basically what I feel this story needed. Because like, he is kidnapped by the the giant ants. I can't pronounce the name. He's kidnapped by the giant ants for most of it. And it's all about kind of rescuing him more than anything. But the little that we do know of him or and learn about him, like how much he cares about mechanics and how invested into it he is and his interest in how things can be used and how things work and how how he really does look for the signs from his father as well. Not in the sense that like like Percy, he doesn't seem to act like he wants recognition from his father but he has a sort of respect for him in that sense and he's interested in these things that his father does because obviously he is a son of Hephaestus he's interested in mechanics and how things work and so that connection is there and we do get that a little bit I just wish we kind of gotten a little bit more before he was kidnapped by ants um but yeah I think he's just a really interesting character and I think he's just really lovely <laughs> but to get into the lovelier side of things I want to talk about Selena as well <sighs> I have a few things to say about Selena both good and bad um bad is that the Aphrodite cabin as a whole just deserved better in their presentation and this is something that I and I think a lot of people have called Rick out on in just that the presentation of the Aphrodite demigods and the cabin itself is just a little bit not not sexist but it's close enough to make it uncomfortable like stop making this in this story particularly stop making her weepy all the time it's just completely useless in combat this is something that someone has said to me and, and it's something that i feel if you guys want to hear me talk about this a little bit more on how Aphrodite was done dirty, I've done a video of this on my YouTube channel and I'll link it in um, the episode show notes. But, like, love and war go together. The Aphrodite kids should actually be good at war because there is always a emotional reason behind war more often than not. And that's where Aphrodite comes in. Yeah, love is like the main emotion that she deals with, but there is always a little bit of that in terms of how wars can come out, or at least how people join wars as well. Like, yeah, it's love and war go together. So the, stop, <laughs> stop with the stereotypes of Aphrodite kids just being all about the the vanity side of things, which just doesn't make any sense. I don't get why Aphrodite and her her kids are all about the vanity side of things because. Aphrodite isn't just about beauty, she is about romantic love, she's about sexuality and sensuality. But all we get are, like images of these kids just like Selena is literally just what was it that Percy calls her like a gorilla Barbie doll? Because she's in like pink like armour. Which is so dumb. Like what oh, it just that irritates me a little bit. And it is frustrating to see that because her character, like, I think the characters of the Aphrodite kids could have just been done so much better, and it's not, it's something that doesn't improve, I will say, it doesn't improve at all throughout the whole series, and it's something I really do want the TV show to work on, um, 
like, though I've got a lot of more negative things to say about Selena, I do love that she's a little bit of a Perka Best shipper as well. Like, her and Charlie seem to, like, be big Perka Best shippers, and I'm here for it. Um, just her and Charlie as well. Like, her care and, like, very, very obvious romantic feelings towards him is just really lovely to see. Like, she is the one who's so focused on saving him that it's a really interesting element to learn for her character, like how hyper focused she is. The only thing that I wish we know that is that she'd actually done something in terms of rescuing him. Like she does other than charging into the ant's nest, she doesn't do, like she doesn't fight anything, she doesn't attack anything, she doesn't come up with any plans. I would have loved that for her. Give Selena a better character, please. Just like have her be involved in things more. Because um, that would have really helped the story, I think, in terms of building up that Charlie and Selena relationship. The only thing that, I, like, even though I love her and Charlie together, I do wish it wasn't just a romance angle in that sense of, like, her going in to help save Charlie. Like, I would have liked to have been, I would like to have seen her be capable in and of itself. And yeah, because she she's going in to help Charlie because she does like him. But also, like, when she sees, like, Percy and Annabeth in trouble... She helps them as well. Like I would have loved just see. I just wanted to see her kick ass. Is basically what I'm saying here. I wanted her to. I wanted her to kill some of the ants. I wanted her to work with the dragon. Like I wanted something else from her other than to cry about Charlie being in danger, and then helping him out. And then she like disappears when they're fighting the dragon at some point. Other to then at the end say, "Oh, Charlie, you're so brave." And oh my god. Um, so it kind of stressed me out a little bit in that sense of just like, oh my god, like, what was the, the only reason she's there is to cry about Charlie, is what it seems like, and then have it be hinted that it may have been their plan for the end things, which I thought was funny, but I would have loved more of her involvement in the actual battle side of things. Um, but speaking of the battle side of things, Annabeth, oh my god, Annabeth. It's many stories like this that remind me why I'm so annoyed that the main books have let Annabeth down as a character. She's intelligent, quick thinking, and almost always comes up with a plan that works out. But considering the last bit, like, you guys know the thoughts that I've had to do with the Battle of the Labyrinth. It just makes it out to be like she's useless and doesn't know what she's doing, which just irritates me when we have moments like this. And, like, that is so rare. For her to kind of suddenly end up looking really useless and like like and have it pointed out to her as well that she seems to be useless and not know what she's doing like what was the now the only point for it was to kind of bring in the love triangle and the conflict with percy and it's just dumb but like just looking at this book in particular like she has a lot more skills than the main books give her credit for like she was able to restart an automaton which is a Hephaestus thing and kind of do it well enough to actually get it to work and like that's amazing because she even says this isn't something that Athena kids do like she doesn't understand the deep mechanic aspect of it which I do always find is a little bit weird because she does create things but anyway um I just had, I just, after reading this, I wish we had a bit more of this Annabeth, who is fun and smart and knows how to help people. And she does help people a lot, and I love to see it in this book. And Like, her relationship and her interaction with Percy in this book is what I really need to see in the main books. And I'll get onto that in a little bit. 
I'm just also just in general I'm finally glad that we get to see her happy for a prolonged period of time now this girl is always so sad because she's got her life has been a mess so I'm glad we finally get to see her happy for a longer period of time um which is kind of sad that that's that's something I'm glad to see in a short story but anyway um <laughs> I've only just got a few things to say about Percy the boy needs to stop being so judgmental like his stereotyping of Ares and Aphrodite kids is a little bit irritating but that is just like that's the characterization coming in and it's just it's it's dumb and irritating um speaking of dumb he's also dumb as three bricks oh yeah no no three bricks because he's that dumb Annabeth has asked him out has been complimenting him and all other manner of flirting elements and he sees and understands nothing and at this point Annabeth can do better <laughs> that's where I'm at now Annabeth can do better um the Perkabeth fans are going to come for me but I don't care because at this point she could do better because Percy is an idiot and you know she could she could do better <laughs> um but just speaking of relationships, actually, I do want to talk about Percy and Annabeth. Because, again, this mini short story has just shown to me that the main books are failing terribly at actually building up that relationship dynamic. We actually finally have some development for a possible romantic relationship. And it's in a side book that basically no one has read or reads so we're not actually it's not even part of the main plot these interactions that we're seeing the flirtation elements them just showing them as a good team with banter and just building up that relationship it's what we needed in in, in all of the last but so all of the battle of the labyrinth we needed that because that was meant to be a book leading up to what's going to happen in the last olympian but it, it should have been being fed through from at least titan's curse i'd say if not a little bit in Sea of Monsters, but it's just, it's so not there. And the fact that we're getting the Perkabeth relationship dynamic and an actual date referenced in this mini story is just a little bit of a joke to me. If we're building up to Perkabeth actually becoming canon, this and things like this and their relationship dynamic should only be in the main book series i'm happy with it to be in mini stories admittedly i'm happy for that to happen but it can't be in the mini series if it isn't in the main series you can't build and develop a relationship romantically in books that don't take place or aren't featured in the main books themselves and then kind of expect people to still kind of agree with the relationship dynamic like this is why i understand so many people who are split on the whole perkabeth and per rachel I don't know. Percy and Annabeth and Percy and Rachel. Like, we don't see enough of the development of Percy and Annabeth in the actual main series. And if people don't read this book, they aren't going to see it anywhere. Like, you need to actually have it in the main books for us to actually see anything and kind of be like, oh, yeah, no, I can agree. I can agree with their relationship becoming canon because I've seen the development of it. So far, we haven't seen any development. We've just seen them both being really unkind to each other and then Percy talking and thinking about other girls like <laughs> we're one book away from the final and he's thinking of other girls he's getting angry and annoyed at Annabeth and yet this is the book that's probably meant to be leading up to that relationship development I just don't get I can't see it 
And this is where the whole Charlie and Selena thing comes in, because Charlie and Selena felt more like what should have been written in the main series, but for Percy and Annabeth. The awkward dumb boy who, when he gets the attention of the girl he likes, recognises it and gets the courage to talk to her, and something develops. Because the whole thing is that Percy was having thoughts about her, but he pushed them down so, so, so much that he then doesn't recognize her own feet her feelings and they were literally they were going on a date at the start of the battle of the labyrinth he then doesn't treat her particularly kindly she's seeing her with another girl on the day they were meant to be going on a date with each other he then gets that girl's number and then he takes that other girl her priority over annabeth and sees her as more capable than annabeth like how is that a book where we're meant to, meant to be getting the development of the romantic relationship for those main two characters when actually all we're getting is the development of possible romantic interaction between him and a side female character two side female characters because of calypso because that dumb chapter charlie and selena it's like there's a mention like there's been well there hasn't been moments in the books but like their interactions work and make sense and we should have honestly just the interactions between annabeth and percy in this are something that should have been happening but more but charlie and selena's relationships feels a little bit more realistic it feels a little bit like early years percy and annabeth so it's just irritating that just like they managed to get this sorted but the percy and annabeth situation doesn't and that's the main one that will be coming up but anyway, just moving on from the relationships to the story, actually. This is a story that, while in context, couldn't work in the main series. is one that has the heart of something that should have been featured somewhere. The dynamic and actual development of side characters is something we barely see in the main series, and it irritates me to no end. Charlie and Selena have popped up irregularly so far, and they do play a role in The Last Olympian. So the fact that we don't actually know anything about them from the other books is going to make anything that happens from The Last Olympian feel a little bit hollow. Like, we should have seen things like this in the main series to help set that up. Like, even small... Like, they have had scenes of playing Capture the Flag. You could have had this in one of those... Well, not this entire story, but something like this in the main series when they are playing Capture the Flag. I do like how we are seeing Percy and Annabeth working with other people, um, and even though it does still focus predominantly on their f dynamic as a fighting pair, we also see them working with others. Um, so it's interesting, but it's just irritating that it isn't actually part of the main series because this actually does a lot better development for our main characters than the actual main series, which is never a good thing. Um, there is one thing that I don't like about this story, actually. And that's the fact that for some reason Percy doesn't like the seaweed brain name. Like, that's never... Like, it was never an insult in the first place. Well, a little bit. But it's become a pet name. Like, it, it's just a cute little nickname. Same with Wise Girl. But for, this is the first time we hear that he doesn't like it and it feels weird. Like, we even get a mention in Titan's Curse that when Annabeth calls him seaweed brain, it doesn't... Like, the whole thing is, like, you know when Talia calls him seaweed brain and he knows she means it in a cruel way? He's never felt that way with Annabeth. So why would he be irritated by it if he doesn't get any sense of malice from it? Like, that just doesn't make any... This just doesn't make any sense to me. It feels weird and a bit out of character for him to suddenly be like, oh, I don't like it because my insult to her 
of like wise girl and that it just isn't is really lame and i'm like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever that's like a pet name like i the way i talk to my friends is like i insult them so friend i even did that a few times with my romantic relationship not like insult them but like you have like those like oh Oh, I can't think of an example. It's been too long since I've been in a relationship. I know there's not an example of why I'm not in a relationship anymore. It's a very common. My sister and her fiancé are the exact same. But it's a really common thing for people to have... Like, nicknames, even ones that sound like they should be an insult but aren't. It's a very common thing. So it feels... And, like, he's never been annoyed by it in the past. It just feels weird that he is now. But anyway, overall, this short story does a great thing for character and relationship development but it's disappointing that that's happening in a story that is really read and doesn't really change anything on the actual development in the series like you can't develop characters in a mini story without developing them in the same way in the main series like much of Annabeth's characterization here and even Percy's should have been in the main series and not just in the side story quest um so I'm a little disappointed but I will get over it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I want to know, well, first I actually want to know, has anyone read Percy Jackson and the Bronze Dragon from the Demigod Diary? Uh, no, not Demigod Diary, Demigod Files. I just want to know, has anyone read this story and what did you think of it? Um, so obviously that'll be going up on our social media, so I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on that. But um, as always, I do want to thank you all for joining me today for this mini story. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Rywaldenverse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, where you should drop a follow. Apple Podcasts, we should subscribe and leave a rating and a review. Audio Boom, Stitcher, Deezer, and pretty much all podcasting platforms now. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com and I'll read it out at the end of the show. If you want to support me making this content, check me out on Patreon at a healthy dose of Fran. Want to know more about my upcoming writing? Drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see slash speak to you guys next time. So long.